Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast for Everything is Brand. This week, the team wants to talk about analytics, and we don't necessarily want to lay out all of the analytics that you might use or not use for your brand, but we want to talk about some of the key ones and then discuss how you can incorporate them into the brand in a way that gives you insight. Okay, Gabby, why don't you start us off by letting us know what some of the key analytics are that can help us to really understand what we need to look at when we're thinking about digital and brand? Yeah, so in terms of brand, you should really try to look at the growth in the direct traffic that you're getting. You should measure and look at as well as your referral traffic, track uh, your earned media values, as well as compare that against those of your competitors. Track your backlink success and how you're doing in that department there, as well as take a look and measure all of your social media activities, as well as doing surveys. So those are some of the things that you can measure and you should look at with respect to brand and brand awareness. That gives us a lot of data. And then on the digital side, there are tools, uh, and we can talk about those in a second. But but that provides a lot of data that then we have to do something with, right? So one of the things we want to talk about today is what do we do with that data once we kind of know where we stand. Maybe Christian, you can talk about some of the digital things that we can do, for example, heat mapping or those kinds of things on the digital side. Well, of course, and to that point, let's start with heat mapping, which is a tool not often is related to analytics and not everyone knows about, but it's a really interesting tool to uh, get to know what people are looking for on your website. Basically, it's a tool that allows you to see where your users are clicking on your website. Let's say an About Us page, a Contact Us page, or even portions of the website or the home page, for example, where your users are clicking the most. So let's say you notice that on your home page, the most clicked area is the blog. That means that you're doing something good in regards to content. So it, it's on you to leverage that and start working on more content or finding other ways to distribute content, but you know that you're doing something good because of that data that you've gathered. Yeah, and, and you know that that's a really great example of how we can use data to inform. And I think part of the thing especially when it comes to things like social media and we start to talk about reach or we start to talk about how many followers we might have or how many people have read uh, certain pieces of content. It's very good at providing numbers and data around uh, what's happening out there with the brand and, and with the messaging and content that we're putting out there. But the one thing that's missing from it, I think, is the context and the intent. So yes, someone may be coming and they may be looking at the blog, And you even said it yourself, Christian, you know, obviously we're doing something right in that content. Well, do we know what is right? Do we know, like on that day, maybe there was five people that enjoyed that content, but on the next day, maybe there won't be five people that enjoy that content. So, so I think data is really helpful in giving us a picture, but we have to interpret that picture. What do you guys think about that? Data is great if you know what to do with it or if you know where, well, first of all, you have to know where it's coming from and what it's actually measuring and what you're actually trying to use it for. A really kind of simple example, and this, this happened uh, you know, a few years back, 
were designing a website for our client. And our view was that the site had to be designed for mobile use. Again, this is a few years back where mobile wasn't as commonly looked at as this is the right thing to do. So we came back to, to the client and said, we have to design it so people can use it on mobile. And their analytics basically said, nobody is using our website on their mobile devices. Everybody's using it on desktop. Well, what they didn't take into account is the fact that their existing website wasn't designed for mobile use. And it was such a terrible experience that people actually bounced off as soon as they went to the site on their mobile device, they realized that they couldn't use it. So they went to their desktop. So that's where, yes, analytics were showing one thing, but you kind of had to look a little bit deeper to figure out why is it that way? And, And of course, sure enough, like later on, we designed a website for their mobile use and their mobile use went way up because all of a sudden people could use it. So yes, data can give you some information, But what you do with that is really important. There's that Steve Jobs quote in terms of when he came up with the iPod. And if anybody had basically stated a thousand songs in your pocket, Brad, you say this all the time in terms of the Model T car or whatever it is, right? Leading to the future, you don't, if somebody had reinvented that horse and buggy or whatever, how would they have done that? You know, like it wouldn't have been a Model T, it would have been maybe two horses or whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. So analytics doesn't necessarily say or tell the story of where you need to go in the future. Steve Jobs was only selling computers. He wasn't selling iPods or iPhones or any of that sort of stuff. If he looked at the analytics, yes, but that wouldn't have told the story of where he needed to go with the business. It wouldn't have told the story of the Model T car or the iPod or any of those other inventions or products or or steps that companies need to take in the future. Yeah. So question out to the group. Analytics is very good at giving us a view of what has already happened, but not necessarily giving us a good view of what could happen going forward. What do you guys think of that? Is that true? Is that not true? Is data helpful, but not the end all to be all? Even though you're looking at past data, it could help you potentially identify customer motivations, for example, in order for you to change your messaging or your communication strategy. So so I think it's important to take a look at what happened in the past to be able to react. I agree with Christian. Data is extremely important, but it's context. I think that context needs to be brought in. Uh, you can't just look at the numbers and make decisions based on that. You have to really take a look at what your brand was doing to achieve those numbers. And and then, of course, look at what else you want to achieve going forward to use those numbers to your advantage. Yeah, it's interesting because putting data where it belongs, as, as you know, our, our phones are always listening to us and, mm-hmm. and you know offering us ads based on what we're doing. But I've been in situations many times where I've had my phone in my pocket and I've been in a conversation with someone. And they bring up a certain topic or and I'm talking to them about it. And then I see umpteen ads about this topic that I would never use. So they might be talking about a product that they were looking for, asking me if I knew anywhere. That data goes into my phone, and now I'm getting a whole bunch of ads about those products. I would never buy those products. I'm not interested in them. It's not something I, it's just based on a conversation that I had. And I kind of look at data from that perspective. Data is very good at hearing, but it's not so good at understanding and and putting things into a perspective. You know, you still need the human element in order to do that. 
it's interesting because in some ways, that's pure advertising marketing in the sense that you have a little bit of data and based on that interest, based on the fact that you had that conversation with your friend, let's say, for some reason, that topic came up. So now the fact that it's actually serving up ads or information about that particular topic, it may actually push you to either buy that product or visit a certain location or whatever it may be because of that, right? Like, so, so it's interesting that, yes, it's also creepy in some ways that, you know, it has all this information about you, but that's the reality of it, right? And I think that- but It almost you know, has an opposite effect. It almost had an opposite effect on me where I would never be interested in that. And to be honest, an ad on my phone is not going to push me to purchase something that I don't want anyway. That's um, because you're in the business. That's because you're in no, the but business. No, but I don't think that that's true. I think that, Marco, you mentioned that idea of the creepiness. I think that that creepiness factor is a huge element to this. If you've had a conversation with someone about a product that you're not really interested in, all of a sudden you have ads on your phone, does that turn you away from that product even more? Like, are you even ever going to consider buying that product? An example of that is uh, Netflix. When you start watching certain shows, they suggest other shows. And going to a friend's house and they, they have a different pattern of watching shows. I look at their Netflix experience and I'm like, I never even, I didn't even know those shows existed, right? Because it doesn't bring them up on my Netflix, right? So, so that's where they're actually using data to analyze me as a person, what I like to watch and all that. And then when do they actually bring in additional information? So that's where you kind of have a mix of information, right? But that sounds, that sounds wonderful until you have guests over and you pull up Netflix because you all want to watch a movie. And the fact that you watched Love is Blind and didn't want anyone to know about it is not helpful when, you know, a whole bunch of dating shows pop up and people are like, what is wrong with you for watching this content? <laughs> so I hear what you're saying. In, in the grand scheme of things, it sounds wonderful, but I don't think humans really operate that way, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> but data is all about building personas, right? Like that engine is building a persona. It's but are they human personas or are they data personas? That's the point, right? Well, you know, I mean, I guess you could argue that, but I, I'm more on the on the side of their personas based on your habits, right? Like some technologies can track your location or where you make your purchases. So based on the fact that let's say you may be buying at Starbucks and somebody else is buying at Tim Hortons, they actually then look at other habits associated with that and can determine based on all your habits of buying at Starbucks and the fact that you buy your products at high-end stores, other stores, other brands, that means you, maybe you are a higher income person. You have certain habits associated with that. Right. So all of a sudden they start building personas around that. And that is hugely ad advantageous to advertisers, to marketers. Right. So so that data is useful. I mean, you can argue that it's also too much information, but that's a different. But it's missing, but it's missing one key element in it. And this is this is the one it's missing the why. Why did somebody shop at or bought their coffee at Starbucks versus Tim Hortons? Why did somebody make one purchasing decision over another? And while analytics is fantastic and should shape all of your activities, you're still missing the, the intent, as Brad said, you're still missing the why. You're still missing the human, the emotional piece of the puzzle for somebody purchasing something or making a decision.
Yeah, agreed. And I think that that's where we go back to the beginning of this conversation. Like you need context, right? Like all that data is is great, but you need to figure out like where is that data coming from and why is it giving you those numbers? Jerry, you've been <laughs> awfully quiet on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm just listening. But I mean, yeah, I think at the end of it all, I think what we're saying is it's helpful, but it's not the be all and end all. Absolutely, data is important. But I don't think that we should be relying only on the data. Right? There has to be some expertise that comes in there. There has to be some context. All of that kind of stuff has to come into play because, you know, and that's the thing. We see people that just like, this is what the data says. So this is what we need to do. But I think as we kind of talked about, that's in the past a little bit, right? We have mm-hmm. to live in the present and the future. So that's uh, not the great roadmap for it. the future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it gives us tools in the toolbox, but it's not everything. It's not the be all and end all. So. What about situations like, you know, Marco talked about that idea of where the data was saying one thing, but we happened to know that there were other things going on when it came to mobile or desktop for the website. But there's other situations too. If you look to social media, you know, people will look at followers or they'll look at reach and things like that. But but here's a problem. You have all of these bots that are created and all of these non-existent um, uh you know, uh, profiles that are created in order to skew that data, in order to skew those numbers. So sometimes we're not even really looking at true data. We're look, we're using that data to inform, yet it's not even real. It's just created to create a picture to exist that, that doesn't even actually exist. How do we deal with that? It's context. It has to go back to that. Like, and to Jeremy's point, relying on professionals who are actually looking at that that data more from a holistic point of view, where you're actually looking at, you know, where's the data coming from and what actually created that data? Were there campaigns running? Were were there certain initiatives that that were kind of happening to generate that data? Because yes, there is uh, robots that are basically clicking on and generating all that data. And of course, the industry is fighting against that as much as it possibly can. But I think that you kind of have to look at it and think about it logically. Does it actually make sense? And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, then go deeper. Look at things. Why did it actually present those numbers? And what are we actually trying to do? So Christian, how, how important is the, these you know, elements in the gathering of the data? I mean, it's one thing in advertising and marketing, but as we move into bigger issues like elections or um, political campaigns or, or things like that, where people being are elected to enact laws and, and create legislation, how, how much of a problem are these bots? How much of a problem is this skewed data that we're seeing um, you know, before we before we take it into context, social bots simulate human behavior, spreading content on on a specific topic on social media, and what they are trying to do is influence people's opinions. Nowadays, it's not uncommon for social bots to spread fake news, so it's a huge problem because, to your point, these bots are skewing people's opinions they search for social networks for discussions on specific topics and basically they start influencing other people as a virtual conversation participant there's this documentary on netflix called the great hack it talks a lot about how big data is manipulated to influence people's opinions data 
collected from our social networks, from our browsing histories, uh, from our online purchases, is used to create massive campaigns that were targeted at users in an incredibly personal manner. They even talk about how influenceable some voters or some users are. They identify those, they blast a bunch of propaganda videos, and there you go. Opinion changed, you have a new voter. As you said earlier with the engagement piece, again, when we talk about analytics and analytics not being the be-all, end-all, and the roadmap for your future and what to do there, that engagement piece, there could be something that comes out of a social campaign, like you said, and in the comment, that could possibly inform a product that that business should be developing or a service or something else. That, again, as we talk about analytics informing future, but not necessarily being the roadmap for it. Maybe there's something there, a complaint, perhaps, uh, a customer service issue that needs to possibly inform or give lens to an area of the business that needs more support, more focus, etc. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the roadmap for all your future initiatives. And I think that there are also different types of analytics. And I mean, Jeremy can speak to this a little bit more. Like, well, let's say, in digital design, like website design, for example, it may actually be very specific and very useful in some cases where you can run test A and test B kind of thing. But in other cases, there are much, much bigger questions, bigger analytics and bigger issues. And in some smaller cases, it may actually be quite helpful where you are almost doing like a a test of how one page or one specific call to action is performing. And Gabby, to your point, you could actually then take that and tweak it. So maybe it's the design that needs to change. Maybe it's the position of, of the call to action that needs to change, right? So, so there's different types of things that you're also using analytics for. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you, Marco. I think that that's exactly where we need to see more, more things happen, more testing, more trying different things out, but, and staying on top of it, really. I think there's a lot to be said, too, for as we kind of move forward in this in this world that, you know, analytics deserves a little bit more attention. Uh, it, it doesn't work on its own. We actually have to, you know, pay attention to it, monitor it, and make those minute adjustments that everybody's been talking about. As I, as I do look at UX and UI, there are multiple solutions to a problem. And it's, it's not for one person to kind of decide that, but we have to put it out to, to the masses, to, to the target audiences, and kind of see what actually makes sense for that. And we've been starting to do that a little bit more internally uh, with our clients and things like that and trying to experiment in that areas and then making those adjustments and seeing those results. But then that's where expertise comes in because we learn as we go. As much as analytics says one thing, it's also about us kind of taking that knowledge that we've we've garnered over the time and kind of using that as a, as a jumping off point for future changes that we're doing for other clients as well. So it's a little bit of both, but I definitely think that we need to see more testing, more unique cases out there in order to move this forward and get to the context that we're looking for. Yeah, to your point, Jer, it's about taking that data that you did get, ask why it happened, why that particular situation, what was the intent behind it, and extrapolate it for future iterations of the site. 
So it's constantly an evolution. It's the test, track, learn, iterate. Mm-hmm. It's that constant cycle going round and round to get to not necessarily to a better result, potentially, but to new innovative products, services, features on your, your site or your digital properties. It's all of that in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think it. what's really clear from our discussion is that Obviously, context is king, but the reality is, is that it's about gathering up all of those data points and understanding where they fit in the grander scheme of things. Right now, that still requires human interaction to put that context. I mean, as we move forward, uh, AI may be able to be a huge tool in that, where AI could go in and look at all that data and come out with certain conclusions. And I know that that's already happening Mm -hmm. in a lot of areas, and it's helping analytics kind of go to that next level. But the reality is, is that whether it's AI context or human context, it has to go beyond the numbers. It has to go beyond just what we gather. I mean, in this discussion around this, we've talked a little bit about what some of those key analytics are in either brand or marketing or web uh, or digital. But really, the truth is anyone can Google that and find out what analytic tools are out there. The bigger issue that we want to address today was the idea of how do we make it work for us? How do we meld both the quantitative with the qualitative? How do we meld the data with the context? It shouldn't be people saying, okay, show me the data. It should be people saying, okay, show me the data and then show me the context of what that data means to me. And I think if that's more the conversation around analytics, that's going to put us all in a better stead and, and, and really help us to drive brand forward and all the digital and marketing and advertising that we need to do as part of brand. So that's this week's podcast, Everything is Brand. Join us next week where we'll have a great new topic. And remember, everything is brand. 